Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. I'm Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen, your host. Today I have a very special guest for you. His name is Nate Proctor. So at 25, Nate Proctor was homeless, living in his car, addicted to drugs. At 27, a poem about a Barbie doll changed his life. At 32, he graduated from Columbia University with a degree in English literature. Today, Nate considers himself a curator of love and art. By combining art and literature on Instagram, Nate speaks with utter honesty on topics like mental health and self-care by redefining what it means to live a positive and fulfilling life. Hi, Nate. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. I'm, I'm just grateful to be on this show. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm such a fan of your work. I love your Instagram. I think everything that you put out there is so beautiful and has so much meaning. So first of all, thank you for what you do. And before we get into like the art, I do want to talk about your story. I mean, can you tell us more about how you ended up homeless, living in your car? And what exactly like was that poem that changed your life? Yeah, um, I'll give you guys the abridged version <laughs> uh, because I could speak at quite length to my story because it's kind of been all over the place. But essentially, I was a, just a, a kid that was really, really lost and had no purpose in life. And I was just full of anxiety over who I was. I was bullied as a kid pretty ferociously and just had no sense of purpose, no sense of who I was and just thought I was a terrible person because no one liked me like this very kind of guarded person because he had been so traumatized as a kid and so I just kind of was skating through life um, ended up falling into this kind of partying scene because I was uh, a photographer and I started like photographing at these parties and photographing these models and you know and one thing led to another and I'm drinking and doing drugs all the time because that's kind of what you did in that scene and you know people started appreciating me it was the first time kind of I felt appreciated for what I did Mm -hmm. and my skills and so I kind of connected the kind of drugs and drinking with with being appreciated so that's kind of Mm -hmm. how it started and ultimately I moved from San Francisco to LA I grew up in San Francisco my entire life I had positive and negative things associating with that with that growing up there and I just needed to get out so I went down to LA with no plan, like hardly any money, no plan. Uh, I moved in with someone that I knew at the time, this fashion designer, and I was literally sleeping in his bed for until I found a place of my own. And he got kicked out. He got in this huge argument with the guy that owned the place, and he got kicked out like immediately. And because I was living with him, I was kicked out. Um, mm-hmm. And I was already out of money at that point. This was probably like two or three weeks into LA I'd already blown through all my money no place to stay and I had a car I mean what brought you to LA in the first place honestly it was just an opportunity to leave San Francisco there was no Mm. real purpose to it I mean I constructed a purpose like I I tried to convince myself I was moving down there to further my photography business but that was 
just a lie I told myself because I mm-hmm. desperately needed to felt like I needed to leave. Um, so yeah, I was I was I had this car, and so I started basically living out of my car, whether that be sleeping in my car or you know couch surfing from place to place. Wound up in some crazy situations, um, and then my drug habit just kind of was what was really consuming me any money that I got was spent on drugs at that point you know you reach this the state in your life that's so like at the bottom at the barrel like at the at the where you never envision yourself to be and the Mm -hmm. only way in some ways to survive is to not think about it and drugs certainly get you to not think about your current situation kind of self-medication in some ways and so you know it, it got really bad at one point I was dating I was in a horrible relationship it was this very self-destructive relationship and I was fortunate like I in many ways like I just look at the fact that I survived as some sort of strange miracle but also circumstance of, of luck uh, my mom I, I went back to San Francisco to uh, celebrate my sister's birthday and my mom didn't know exactly what was going on but she she and I have always had like a connection and she told me that I was moving back like it wasn't a question like I done her wrong many a time so I didn't expect it nor was gonna ask Uh, she told me I was moving back and I still struggled Mm -hmm. when I moved back for a good year or so but I finally was able to start getting control of my life and the way that I was able to do that was actually through writing through poetry Um, and that's why I mentioned this one particular poem which is called Barbie Doll which is by this amazing 70s feminist poet named Marge Piercy and the poem is ultimately about a young woman little bit chubbier who ultimately doesn't uh, match up to society's ideal which gets kind of metaphorized or symbolized in this this barbie doll and she ends up uh committing suicide as a result it was the first time i really um was able to think outside of myself and put myself in another person's place and that just opened up this whole world of thought and motivations i mean what was it about that poem that motivated you there's like two answers to that question, kind of in a literal sense. Um, it made me quit my career as a fashion photographer because mm-hmm. um, I saw it. I started seeing myself as playing a role in this incredibly self-destructive um, mentality that we've kind of become embroiled in as a result of photography. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I was, I was, I was, I felt a part of her death in a very strange way, but in a quite literal mm. way. There's that to it, but I also started seeing like poetry and writing, which I was starting to write at the time, as a way to be honest. I had lived a life of lies in many ways, and I was lying to everyone, my parents, my friends, but mostly to myself. Um, and I saw poetry as a way to ultimately just be brutally honest with who I was, mm-hmm. how I became, who... I had become and started to use writing as a way to confront my past and and to look forward to changing who I was. Right. That's beautiful. I'm so happy that you're here now sharing your story. So how how did you transition from that to going to Columbia University and then to what you're doing now running this Instagram? Yeah, so as I started to write more and more, I became obsessed with it. It's actually kind of a funny story. When high school I hated reading. I hated writing. I didn't read a single novel. I cliff noted my way through all of English, uh, high school mm-hmm. English class. And here I am, you know, like 10 years right. later, uh, studying literature at Columbia, one of the best colleges in the world. It's kind of crazy. But as I started to see the power of writing and of reading, I became obsessed with it. And in some ways, and I don't know if this is healthy or not, quite frankly, 
I just moved my obsession around drugs and partying and, and instant pleasure, immediate gratification. I moved that obsessiveness to just something more positive, and that would be writing and mm -hmm. reading. Into creativity. Um, mm -hmm. I do consider myself to have an obsessive personality. It's just a matter of where I obsess about. It can be either yeah. good or bad. Um, I chose to just start using that personality trait as something for positive. So I literally was spending, you know, 80 to 90 hours a week just writing and reading. And um, wow. I became so in love with it, the power of it and what it was teaching me, not just about myself, but about other people in society, people so different from me, um, that I decided to go back to school and up at Columbia. It's an amazing place. That's amazing. What would you say are your greatest lessons that you've learned from this period of time? It's a great question. <laughs> I think ultimately it comes down to knowing who you are and knowing that no matter what situation you're in, you have the power to change it. Right. I wouldn't have ended up at Columbia if I didn't go through these experiences. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if I hadn't gone through these experiences. It's the ability to learn from these and to use them as motivation. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's also just about being honest with yourself and, and just knowing yourself. You know, mm -hmm. I still struggle when I graduated from Columbia. I felt like I had worked my whole life to achieve this. And I put so much time and energy into graduating from Columbia that once I graduated, I felt like I had no purpose. So I actually fell into this really dark depression. Mm -hmm. that I felt like I had no purpose in life. Like, here I was, I graduated, but now what? And so I spent yeah. a good year to two years after I graduated searching and trying to define who I was because I no longer had school or writing or this incredible story to define myself. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's very difficult to, to once, you've, once you've accomplished something so great like that, to ask yourself, now what? What now? And, yeah. Yeah. And that's when I turned to Instagram. That's when I turned to artwork and literature. I just started combining these two loves of mine work and literature mm -hmm. in, in ways that really were to help me but I noticed very quickly that other people were also kind of identifying with the things that I was uh, attempting to communicate through artwork and literature on Instagram mm -hmm. and it just kind of moved really quickly I saw I saw its inherent power to connect with others and to ultimately help people feel less alone I think that's the incredible power of social media definitely the positive and the negative but I think the positive is that you know, it's so easy to feel alone in society today, whether that be alone in your struggles in life or alone in something that maybe is not your fault, like some mental illness. And social media can be a way to see others going through those same things or to have gone through those same things. And that's ultimately a first step to, I think, healing is to recognize that you're not right. alone, that others have gone through it. And so that's how my Instagram right. has become this kind of space in which I use artwork and literature to communicate think all these various topics which I think other people are struggling through and like I, not everything that I talk about is something that I've gone through myself I've quoted David Foster Wallace on suicide not something that I personally ever thought about but as I've grown my Instagram I've, I've started tapping into I think these other powerful topics that need to be discussed I think and brought up it's time for a break dedicated to all my creatives out there do you ever need to find sound effects stock images or stock videos for your creative projects 
Well, you can get studio quality stock for a fraction of the cost with Videoblox. Videoblox is a subscription stock media service that allows people to download all the stock media they need for one low cost of $149 a year. Download all the stock video your heart desires from their member library, including HD footage, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and more. All content is royalty free so you can use it for commercial and personal projects. And new clips are added regularly so there's always something fresh to download. Go to videoblocks.com slash lifestyle to get all the stock footage you can imagine for $149 a year. That's videoblocks, V-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash lifestyle to save on millions of studio quality clips from Videoblocks. The link will also be in the show notes below. All right, back to the podcast. And I really appreciate what you're doing because most of the time when we open up Instagram or any social media, we see things that, you know, the ideal, we see the perfection and sometimes it makes us feel horrible, but I feel Mm. like you've created a space where people feel like it's it's open, like they're accepted and it's okay to be imperfect and go through all of these things. So I think it's really special. It's not just okay. It's just like that's a fact of who we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think that ultimately goes back to my experience with that poem, uh, Barbie Doll, and admitting to my own imperfections and other people's imperfections and just being honest mm-hmm. about it and seeing the power in that honesty. So I see that you curate like different artists in both visual and written art. So I'm just curious, how do you decide what to put together? And I mean, do you get a lot of submissions by now? Yeah, so I have a very like organized process right now. So I collect quotes wherever I go, whether it be if I'm reading something or now I actually seek these out. And I catalog them Mm -hmm. in this application called Evernote, and I tag them by various themes. So I put in the quote, I put in the author, and you can tag them. You can kind of like similar to a hashtag. And I say like, Mm -hmm. okay, this quote's about uh, mental health and self-love. And so I can tag them mental health and self-love. And then when I'm coming to post and I've got these artworks that I think are really powerful in some way, I can be like, okay, well, this artwork really makes me feel a certain way. Let me go find a quote, self-love, for instance, and see mm-hmm. all the quotes I've, I've cataloged with self-love. And so I'm able to pair them in ways that they can speak to each other. Oh, that's so interesting. That's, that's pretty smart the way you're doing it. I also want to bring up your project, Love Letter to Strangers. I loved your video on it. It really inspired me. I think I want to do it myself. Can, <laughs> you, can you share a little bit more about what this project is for our listeners out there? Definitely. Uh, And just to be clear, it's not like I'm not the first person to have ever come up with this idea. In fact, there's a (laughs) a wonderful TEDx talk when a a woman talks about doing this similar project. Ultimately, in simplest form, it's uh, I write letters uh, by hand um, and then address them to like stranger or I often just say dear you and I leave them in public places where I feel like people will come across them and that can be on the bus stop it can be on the train it can be in the grocery store um, and just leave them wherever I go I did this last year in like a small form and everyone it was really interesting because and I started just posting them on my Instagram I would quote from the letter and it's almost like people found like everyone that came across my Instagram post almost felt like the letter was directed to them Mm -hmm. so this year I was thinking of how I can make this even 
bigger and better. So I decided to do this every day for a month during my birthday month, which is July. And I cataloged this, I posted them on Instagram and Instagram stories, I tagged where I was when I left the letter. And then a few days in, I realized that I can make this even bigger, like the, the power of social media and people that actually have followings like you and me and so many other people, that if each of us just wrote two letters, this is like this was my thesis. This is my argument in, mm -hmm. that, in that video you're talking about. If each yeah. of us just wrote two letters, there are like 60,000 people that follow me, right? If each of us on my Instagram wrote two letters, all of a sudden we've had 120,000 letters that would be touching people's lives. The two letters mm -hmm. don't take that long to write. So I right. put out a call on my Instagram and my YouTube channel challenging people to write just two letters. And uh, if they post my Instagram to, to tag them love letters to strangers. And it was the, f the, f the response was overwhelming. Like I couldn't keep up with all the DMs mm -hmm. I got. That's amazing. Um, I got people in Syria leaving letters, people in Mumbai, in the Philippines, Africa, Nigeria. It's like all over the world people were starting to leave these letters. That's amazing. It was just this wonderful, wonderful experience. And, and someone has like taken the reins in India is continuing that project. She just recently got publicized in, in a great India magazine there. So it's been great to see. Like when we come together, we can do great things. Definitely. Like you're definitely making an impact that way. And I, I do want to note that you have like a how-to kits on mm. your blog. So any listeners listening, if you want to get involved, like I'll post a link to that, um, to his blog, to that post, like how to write these love letters and yeah I think it's really powerful and I, I'm inspired to to do that it's a lot of it's really like it's it's fun like it's like an adventure yeah. like you write your name at the end of the letter right has, has anyone come back to you or <laughs> I was just gonna mention that actually yeah so yeah I've gotten a few people that found me on my various social media and there's one uh -huh. one gentleman in particular which was really really moving i left it near the train station one morning and he found me later or he found me that morning and he wrote me a message that afternoon saying how he had stopped at this bench before getting on the train because he really needed to like just collect his thoughts because he had been going through a difficult time and he just needed a moment before he got the, the work day started and he came across mm -hmm. this letter he's like at first I thought someone left it but the fact that it said dear you made him curious and so he opened it and he was incredibly moved by it uh, you'll notice if you go to my video or, or, or read my how-to kit that I give advice of how I envision the letter should should go ultimately it's up to you to decide that but I write these letters and I, I talk, they're really like positive affirmations in many ways, just reminders. And he needed that at that particular moment. And he just was so thankful. And then he ended up writing and leaving a few letters too. So it was kind of amazing. That's so beautiful. I love that. Like I can, I can feel how moving that is. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing that. And I hope that our listeners out there are inspired to write one, at least one or two letters, because that would be awesome. So last question. I'm curious if you could go back and talk to your 24-year-old self, like <laughs> what would you say? What advice would you give? This is going to sound kind of like a cop-out, but because I feel like I needed to go through all those struggles and go through that darkness to be where I'm at today, which I think is very positive. Now, not every day is positive. Don't get me wrong. I have my very difficult days, but I feel like I'm doing so much good and I feel so good about myself and I feel like I have a purpose. I wouldn't give myself advice because I know now having been through that, that I needed to go through that. And that helps me get through my difficult days now, knowing that struggle 
is not only a part of life, but can be a part of who we become. And it sounds like there was a purpose behind the struggle after all, because it, it led you to where you are today. Exactly. Right? In a funny way. Exactly. No, it's yeah. so true. Are you familiar with the author Cheryl Strayed? Yes. Who are wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wrote The Wild, which was turned into a movie. Amazing stuff. She actually mm-hmm. um, has been through a lot in her life. I know. And I model kind of my approach to my Instagram and just to my life after how she there's actually a collection of her uh, advice uh, letters she wrote a column called Dear Sugar uh, which is collected into a book called Tiny Beautiful Things which I tell everyone to read and the advice is so honest it's not like brutally honest it's just honest and frank and real and that's what I that's how I approach like what I do on Instagram in my own life. And I think we must we must confront that struggle because that struggle is actually can be used for something positive. Yeah. I think so many times people ask like, how do I get out of the struggle or what do I, you know, what do I do? But sometimes the struggle is part of your journey and the struggle might be necessary to teach you something, to bring you, you know, closer to where you're meant to go. Oh, I completely agree. Like I grew up in yeah. this middle-class suburban neighborhood if I had gone traditional path I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today I would be the average Joe working Mm -hmm. the normal job like that's that's I'm in some ways gifted with the struggle like it's so weird but yeah it's it's a gift no no it's so true there's a beautiful psychologist whose name is Elizabeth Kubler Ross I believe who talks about the amazing beauty of people that struggle because they ha- they're mm-hmm. full of so much empathy because they've gone through that. And in fact, the most beautiful people in life are those that have struggled. And I truly believe yes, that. I believe that too. Thank you so, so much for this interview. I, I felt it was pretty beautiful. Very beautiful. <laughs> so thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, lastly, where can our listeners find you online? So I would say Instagram is the best place to go. Um, it's right. at Nate Proctor. I do have a Facebook. And I do have a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is kind of like an advice column. So yeah, you can check me out those places. All right. Well, everyone out there, make sure you check out Nate Proctor on Instagram, YouTube. Check out his blog, The How-To Kit. Write a love letter to a stranger. And have a great day. Thank you so much, Nate. You as well. Thank you for being you. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps me so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. All right, love you all. Bye.